Welcome to my testimony, and today we have a very special guest. Yeah, yeah, very, very. Um, this is going to be a good one. So I want to welcome, without any further ado, let's welcome uh, Luta Luta Posina. Welcome to my testimony. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Happy to be here with you guys today. Yep, and um, I'm sure some of you are seeing uh, hearing a, a familiar name. But we're not going to say anything more. We're, we're, as we get into the testimony, you guys will, you guys will recognize uh, who we're talking to today. But uh, welcome again, Luther. We're so happy to have you here on my testimony. Thank you. Really happy to have the opportunity to share my testimony with you guys tonight, and I guess with whoever else is going to be listening. So thank you so much. Awesome. 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 So before we get into my testimony, let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we thank you so much for doing my testimony, for the opportunity for us to, to talk and to um, talk about your goodness, about the miracles that you have placed in our lives. Mm. Uh, we pray that as we speak with Luther, that um, the words that he will uh, say to us and that will come out of him will be the words that you have put inside of him. And that everything will be done in your name, honor, and glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. So, Mr. Moe's older brother. Oh, you let it out the bag. You're not supposed to. I couldn't hold it any longer. Oh, wow. <laughs> you just let the cat out of the bag right there. I know. She, was, she wasn't supposed to let it out yet. I wanted it to come out more naturally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so tell us. Mr. Mo's older Mr. brother. Huh? I know. That's right. So tell yeah. us, how is it really to live with Mr. Mo? What oh, do you remember? boy. <laughs> let's, just, <laughs> let's just talk a little bit. <laughs> no, you know what? I'm not going to go down that road because it's so easy for me to dog Mozart. Definitely not going to do that. Oh. I mean, that's... That's really been the essence of our relationship. I just dog him out every opportunity. <laughs> and Colin, you should know because when we've been to men's convention, that's true. You know, I'm always I always give him such a hard time. I know, I know. I know. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take advantage of this opportunity. No, 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 no. no. Right now. <laughs> let's just let's just say that Mozart is the uh, straight and narrow brother. Ah, yeah. okay, okay, okay. He is the everything by the book brother. Okay, the, right. Uh, <laughs> what's, what do you call that? The 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 button down, uh, the polo shirt. Mozart is polo shirt guy. Okay, you know? <laughs> okay. Don't you see what you call us, man? I love it. <laughs> Mozart, this is not me. Okay, it's gonna kill me. But this it's is okay. not me. This is not <laughs> Okay. So, Luther, tell us a little bit about yourself, okay? Can we just start over? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Okay, so uh, my, name, my name is Luther Porcena. So a lot of people say Porcena, but it's actually Porcena. Okay. okay. We, like, we like to keep the, uh, 
the the Haitian or the French accent on the CE part of the name. Okay. So um, I've I've always said Corsena instead of Corsina. Mm. And as you know, I am Mozart's older brother, mm -hmm. and we're actually we were actually four brothers. At one point, the youngest one passed away in 2000, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And you know, I'm a son of a minister, a lifelong minister and educator. Right. Okay. Uh, I've lived a lot of different places, starting from. Uh, well, I was born in New York, but I lived in Haiti. I've lived in France. I've lived in Guadeloupe. I've lived, I've lived in Martinique. Oh, wow. In the United States, I've lived in New York. Wow. I've lived in Michigan. I've lived in Indiana. I've lived in Florida. Mm -hmm. And then now I live in Georgia. Wow. So you know, we've, we've been around. Well, not, not the whole family as a whole, but I, I've lived a couple different places. And... Um, you know, I've been, I've enjoyed those uh, the times where we have been places and have had a lot of different experiences um, in those places. You know, I think my mm. my maturing years, my growing up years, were spent in Haiti, where I kind of developed into a young man. Okay. Uh, my college years were in Indiana, and uh, you know, my professional years. We're really in South Florida and now in Georgia. Okay. 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 So you were um, born and raised Adventist. Um, your dad was a preacher. Um, how was that experience for you growing up? You know what's interesting about that? You always you always hear how bad you are. Mm. As, as a preacher's kid. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't know if it's a I don't know if it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, mm. but I used to always say, well, it's only because I'm a preacher's kid. That's why you think I'm so bad. But if I was a regular person, right. you probably would think that I'm as bad as I am. But I was very um, mischievous, to say the least, in my younger days. Very adventurous. Um, mm -hmm. I got into trouble a lot. But, you know, all innocent fun. Right. You know, doing things that I wasn't supposed to do just because I wanted to, well, because I could and because I wanted to do them. Um, but, you know, the experience is, it's a good experience because, you know, I think my father was a good uh, minister, a good leader. And wherever he was, people, um, people attached themselves to him. So they treated right. him well. Right. Mm -hmm. And in return, you know, they treated his children well. Even now, I mean, you know, my father's name in the Haitian community, I would say, is probably well known. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just by my name, people treat me a certain way or I would say give me a certain level of respect just because of my father. Beautiful. And the way was so you know i think it's been a blessing being a preacher's kid um and i've i've enjoyed i've certainly enjoyed it and taken advantage of all the opportunities right. that have come right. my way because of that so it's right. been good it's been good beautiful beautiful wow. so tell us about your story your testament huh. mm. you know it's interesting um 
I'm not even sure where I would need to start because, you know, one of the things that I've learned from my experience is that God leads the way. Mm. And he puts you in places where you need to be for certain things to happen in order for them to happen in your life. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I could start from when I was a, a child, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. I mean, I've had, I've had multiple near-death experiences mm. uh, growing up. And again, it's by the grace of God that those didn't tur turn out any differently. But for this particular experience, I'm going to say that it started in 2010 or 2011 when I was diagnosed with uh, cardiomyopathy. Okay. Uh, to be more specific, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Mm -hmm. And I was diagnosed by accident uh, when I was working out one day in a gym. I was doing a lot of work. <laughs> right. And when I was done, I felt something was wrong with me. And I decided to walk back to the locker, you know, to go home. Mm. But as I took my first step, I stumbled. Oh, wow. And, mm. you know, I felt a certain dizziness. And, you know, I was trying to grab onto something and hold on to something as I kept walking. But I kept walking, even though I was, you know, zigzag, <laughs> zigzagging in my walk. Mm. You would have thought that I was a drunk person who had just finished working right. out. Okay. Um, so when I finally was able to get to the locker room, I finally was able to put my hands on the wall uh, in the locker room. And I sat down for a minute and I, you know, and I said, you know what, this is not, there's something wrong here. Mm. So I went to the doctor and that's when I was diagnosed. And the one thing that I remember the doctor telling me is that uh, it's just, you know, this is something that a lot of people live with. Okay. That you're just going to have to deal with it. And here's the medication that we're going to put you on. And mm. that was, and the thing was that every year that I would go see him, I would go for yearly checkups and I would, right. At the time I would say in the beginning, I don't think I was very forthright with how I really was feeling. Oh, okay. Because in my mind, I was still, you know, I was still fighting it. Right. So they would give me a stress test. They would make me walk and they would put all these things on me to see how my heart was beating. Mm -hmm. And even though I, when I was doing it, I felt my heart rate going up and I felt exhausted, mm -hmm. but I would fight through the discomfort Okay. And then I would just act as if you're, you're cool. You know, I'm, wrong. I'm pretty good. I'm still pretty good. Right. Wow. And so, um, you know, I just kept on for years. I kept doing that for years. Um, but then when I moved up here in at the end of 2016, um, I still I still kept going back to the same doctor. Okay. But this time I was. I was being more forthright. Now, mm. I, I was explaining to him that, you know, it seems to me that things are getting worse. Mm. 
Mm. And, you know, he referred me to a specialist at one point. He referred me to, to a couple of different specialists at one point and nothing ever came out of those. Um, they just said, yeah, everything is normal. Mm. You're just gonna continue to live the way you are living. And um, so, you know, I said, okay. They had told me at the beginning, this was gonna be my life. Mm -hmm. So I guess I just need to- You just accepted that. I, I kind of need to deal with it and I, to accept that. I never actually went out and sought a second opinion. Oh. I didn't think I needed to because other than at the time, other than when I overexerted myself, that's the only time I felt the discomfort. But, you know, if I was walking, going to work, you know, I didn't have any problems, any issues at all. But if I try to run, mm. or I try to lift something heavy, that's when I started feeling the, the discomfort. Mm. And so when, when it really started escalating is when I went to men's convention in in 2019. Okay. And it was a Saturday night and we had, um, there was a, it was a special event. There was a special dinner that night. Um, the food was good and greasy seven day Adventist food, as you know, it. <laughs> and you know, as I tend to do, I'm one of those people, you know, if, if the food is good, I'm going to want more. Okay. So, the food was good and I decided to have more. Right. Now, and this, was, this is at Camp Kalakwa, right? Yeah, this is at Camp Kalakwa. <laughs> <laughs> food is always good at Camp Kalakwa and men's ministry, men's convention, excuse me. Right. And so, you know, I had a little bit more than I probably should have had, which is what I thought. And so I started feeling um, heartburn. Mm. And, um, but, you know, I've had heartburn before, right. so I didn't think much of it. So I, you know, I tried to go to sleep, but I could not sleep. Mm. I could not sleep. My heart was pounding, 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 pounding. And I kept going to the bathroom and coming back, going to the bathroom and coming back. And, and eventually, you know, my dad was there and I had a couple of friends who were in the room with me and, you know, they said, you know, they realized <laughs> that something was wrong with me. Right. And right. so they decided to call the ambulance. Okay. And they called the ambulance and they came. Um, they, they, whatever, they hooked me up, whatever it is that they did to me. Um, they looked me over, but then by the time they came, mm. that's when my heart rate decided to slow down. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. So they asked me if I wanted to leave to go to the hospital with them. You know, it was up to me. Okay. So it was already Sunday morning by then. And you know how the bus usually leaves to go to South Florida. I was jumping on the bus with uh, Plantation. Right, right. To go to South Florida mm -hmm. because I was going to meet my wife in South Florida. And so um, I said, you know what? No, I'm just, I'll be fine. So I was 
really, I was really, really sick the whole way down to mm -hmm. South Florida. But by, by the time I got there, I started feeling a little bit better. And then the next day I felt so, fine. So on the bus, your, your heart started racing again? It wasn't racing as bad, but I was not feeling, I was feeling nauseous. Oh, okay. So I spent the whole ride down, you know, with my head on the window and my head down. Oh, okay. Because I was, I was not feeling good right. at all. Right. But by the time we got to South Florida, I started feeling a little bit better. And then the next day I was fine. And then we drove back up to Georgia. No okay. big deal. All right. So that was my very first experience, um, experiencing that type of um, extreme heart rate, extreme heart rate. Mm -hmm. And the heart, or I, I guess I called it a heartburn or indigestion at the time, at the same time. Oh, okay. So my thought was that the, the indigestion or the heartburn caused my heart rate to spike. Oh, okay. Okay. That's what I thought it was at the time. Mm. So, you know, I just endeavored to make sure I didn't eat anything that was, you know, too, I try not to eat too late and I try not to eat things that were, you know, high in grease and mm. spices, mm -hmm. right. right? you know, to avoid the heartburn. And I, and I did pretty well, but then, you know, I started realizing that my heart rate just would just start, you know, jumping whenever it felt like it. Oh, okay. Wow. And the, and so, you know, I, I I had read somewhere or my wife had told me that, you know what, if you hold your breath for, I think it was like 15 seconds and swallow three times, then it will, mm. it will slow down your heart rate. Okay. And sure enough, it didn't. Mm. So when my heart rate would spike, I would hold my breath, swallow three times, and then my heart rate would, excuse me, my heart rate would stop. Okay. Um, and then, then that, then that didn't start working. <laughs> that stopped working. Right. Um, so now I just had to wait it out when my heart rate would go up. And so, how, how, and would you, it, how would you how would you wear it out though? What 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 would you do? So I would sit down. Okay. So I knew that the reason that my heart rate was spiking is because I had done some type of activity or a movement. Mm. Okay. So I would sit down and just kind of wait it out. So it went from okay, it would take fifteen minutes, then I'm good. Then it went, it would take thirty minutes. Then it went to an hour, and then eventually it would go like to two hours just wow. racing and not slowing down just, just racing and not slowing down and just me waiting it out wow and sometimes i had to go i couldn't wait <laughs> you know right so sometimes i had to i had to go to work mm. with my heart racing wow wow you know and so i'm walking around holding walls <laughs> you know I'm trying to hang on to everything because when your heart is racing that fast, you feel like you're about to faint. Mm. So I'm walking around holding walls, you know, thank goodness when I would get to my car, I would be able to sit down and drive, even though my heart is racing, but I wasn't making any movements. 
So I was able to drive. And now that I think about that, that was kind of dangerous. Very yeah. dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. That was a dangerous thing for me to work, to do. But, you know, again, not fully understanding what really was going on with me. Mm. You know, I just, again, I, I, was, I was operating under the concept that this is something you're going to have to live with. You're the rest living of with yeah. Mm -hmm. And you are already on medication and there are, there is no other solution for right. this issue that you have. Mm. Okay. So anyways, things just kept getting worse and eventually it got so bad that, and I'm, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this to get up from my bed, to go to the bathroom, I couldn't do it. Wow. Okay, so just imagine your bedroom and then you have a bathroom right in your bedroom. Mm -hmm. So from your bed to the bathroom, I could not do it. Oh my goodness. Wow. So in the mornings, <laughs> so because of this, I, you know, I had to get up extra early I had to do everything extra early. I okay. mean, God forbid if I was late or or God forbid if I felt that I needed to rush to do something. Right. Because as soon as it, it's like as soon as I registered in my mind the thought that I was late for something and that I need to rush to do something. Yeah. It would just start your rate. It would just start. My heart would just start spiking up. Right. Mm hmm. And so I'd get in the shower and, you know, I would hang on for dear life because I had to shower. And then it's only after I finished putting on my clothes that I, you know, I would take a moment to stop. Mm. It's kind of allow myself to, for the, you know, for my heart rate to go down. And then um, now lucky for me, <laughs> I was driving an hour to work to where I was going. Okay. So even though my heart rate was still going fast, uh -huh. but by the time I got in my car and drove all the way to work, it calmed down. It calmed, it calmed down Right. because wow. I wasn't doing anything again. I, you know, God forbid someone would cut you off though, man. Yeah, I know. You know, I listen, I, I don't know what the heck I was thinking at the time. <laughs> now, you know, like when you're able to reflect on stuff, you go, man, mm. what, what am I thinking? But hey, I was going to, I was driving. It never even occurred to me that I could pass out. Mm. You know, it never occurred to me that I could pass out. It never occurred wow. to me that I could faint. Right. Wow. And, you know, it's, I don't know if, if it's just that I'm, I'm a tough guy mentality. Mm. You know, I never, you know, I, ha I have a, I'd like to think, I don't know about these days, but when, when I was younger, Right. I had a high tolerance for pain. So I, you know, I told you I used to get in trouble all the time. So when my when my dad would administer the rod, right, <laughs> you know, right, my older brother and I would always, you know, the competition was to see who wasn't gonna cry. Okay. Uh -uh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know. I, I developed a high tolerance for pain. I really have a high tolerance for pain and discomfort. Mm. Um, I don't know. I used to actually, I had another issue. I had a sciatic nerve issue at one point. 
Wow. I don't know if you get, that's the worst pain in the world. And I, you know, I, I walk, I walked around on that for almost six months. Wow. You know, until, until, you know, I mean, I tried all kinds of stuff to take away the pain. And then I finally went to a chiropractor and they just decompressed me and <laughs> the pain went away. <laughs> wow. So during this time, you're going through all of this situation with your heart, your mm -hmm. wife is there. What is she saying to you? Well, I mean, she's not saying anything much because, um, she, she was there when they diagnosed me and that's the diagnosis we got mm. now, you know, the episode that I had at men's convention, right? I had a few of those episodes afterwards mm. and for some reason she was never there when those situations happened. Okay. So we, we, we are, and we, we still are in some way living in two States. Mm. You know, my, my wife's business is still in Florida. So mm. at the oh. time before COVID, she was traveling back and forth a lot. Okay. So whenever, for some reason, whenever my heart rate would spike up and I would have that same type of episode that I had at men's convention mm. with the indigestion and so one of the things that I did mention before is that one of the, one of the things I was doing is I was throwing up phlegm, mm. pink phlegm wow. during that episode. Mm. So I, that's, that's why I was going to the bathroom a lot okay. because I needed to release yeah. that phlegm. Yeah. And so she was never here when that happened. Oh, and wow. so whenever those, whenever those episodes would happen again, it didn't happen a lot. It maybe happened from the first time until I went into the hospital in January of 2020, it probably happened okay. five more times. Oh, okay. okay. So she, but she was never here. Mm. And I know that if she was here, she would have encouraged me to go to the hospital. Of course. Mm. And I would have probably said, no, nah, I can't handle it. And so, and that's what I was doing. You know, whenever those episodes would happen, I would just kind of wait it out. I would go in a corner, mm -hmm be like in the fetal position and just sit as still as possible Whoa. and just kind of wait for it to to stop and this is after i've thrown up as much phlegm as possible wow sometimes i would be on my bed with a with a bucket next to me so that whenever it would happen i would be able to throw up right into the the bucket right, mm. right, right, right. so you know she didn't really have much to say about that uh, i don't you know, again, I, I don't, if I told her, she only knew, I think she only knew about the first episode, which was at men's convention. Oh. And, but I, I don't remember sharing with her that this was happening to me mm. uh, consistently. I may have told right. her that it happened to me one more time, but other than that, no. Right. Nothing. And, and, but, and, you, know, and you, you are the family members to you. You, you. So basically, Luta, you were just trying to just handle this handle on your it. own mm -hmm. and just not to. Yeah, I was trying to handle life. it on my own. Uh, you know, I don't even know if Mozart knew I had a heart condition, mm. but my parents knew. But nobody knew how difficult it was for me. Mm. And even I think only in the fourth quarter of 2019 um when 
my wife was here and we spent the holidays with my older brother in Atlanta. Okay. And I was, um, I basically was on the bed mm. most of the holidays. Oh. And I think that's when, you know, people in my family started to realize that, yo, was serious. this dude has an issue, mm. you know? And so one of the things that I found interesting, you know, so, um, in to, early 2019, I went, I went back to my doctor in, in South Florida and I was explaining to him, I said, Hey, you know, this is something is going on. Mm. You know, I really, I really don't feel well. Mm. And, you know, he said, okay, you know what? I'm going to send you to a heart specialist. Um, we'll take care of everything. We'll send them your records. You know, we'll take care of everything for you. Mm. You just have to come back and see them. So I scheduled the appointment and then, you know, again, neither remember I live in Georgia. Right. So I came back to Georgia. I took time off just to go down to South Florida to see this specialist. When I okay. got to the specialist, mm -hmm. the specialist told me, well, we haven't received anything hmm. from your doctor. So I really, there's nothing I can, I can't diagnose you. I can't do anything for you because we don't know, you know, we don't know, we don't have anything from the doctor. So you're going to have to come back again. Wow. Oh my goodness. So this is, that's when I realized that, you know what? maybe I should get a second opinion. Mm. That's when it dawned on me that maybe I should get a second opinion. All right. So interestingly enough, I, uh, I decided to, you know, move my primary doctor from Florida to Georgia. Okay. And I, I, I went to see my primary doctor, the new one, either late December when I came back from the holidays or early January. Okay. And actually it was in January, early January. So I went to see the doctor, my primary doctor. I told them what was going on with me. And then they referred me to a heart specialist. Mm. Okay. Right. And I was scheduled to go to the heart specialist, mm -hmm. but I never made it because that's when I went into the hospital. Oh. So I had that, I had that big episode that finally mm. my, my wife was here, thank God. <laughs> so, you know, this is how God works. You know, all the other times she was not here, but this time, mm. this time she was here. Mm. Right. And she encouraged me to go to the, you know, to call 911. Right. Okay. Because she, you know, she wanted to drive me, but she she couldn't carry me. Yeah. I right. could not walk. Right. I right. could not move. You know, my my heart had spiked at such a level. <laughs> it was it was dizzy. Dizzy. Mm. And so she couldn't help me. So <laughs> the way it went was, you know, I kept saying, you know, babe, it's gonna go away. This has happened to me. So this is how she knows. Now she knows that it's happened to me before. Wow. I said, it's happened before. And I just usually kind of wait it out, sit it, sit down and be still. And then it goes away. So don't worry about it. Right. You know, it's going right. to go away. Right. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah, but and but she's looking at me like, you're crazy. We need to call 911. Mm. And so after about two hours, Tanya calling, after about two hours of literally being on the floor next to the toilet, I said to her, you know what? Give me 15. No, I think I said, give me. Yeah, I did say, give me 15 more minutes. So, so you're still buying more time? I'm still trying to buy more time. Wow. I said, give me 15 more minutes. If it doesn't go away in 15 more minutes, then you can call 911. You know, because it's it's always gone away. Okay. So right. It's always gone away. It might have taken four hours. It might have taken 30 seconds. Yeah. But it's always gone away. So, I mean, we were going on five hours by then right wow. and i'm saying give me 15 more minutes and i'm telling you i did not last five more minutes after wow. i said that i was feeling so bad i said to her babe call 911 so she called 911 <sighs> thank goodness it, 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 <laughs> this is so funny excuse me if i'm saying this but so i live in georgia mm. and not in florida the ambulance got here in less than 10 minutes. Wow. In my mind, I'm thinking if I had been in Florida, uh -huh. it would have taken way longer than 10 minutes oh, for them oh. to get here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So this is this is how I also think that, you know what? God, God you know, he, he made it so that I would move to Georgia. Mm. Live where I live because he knew that this was going to happen and that the ambulance would be able to come and get me in less than 10 minutes. Oh, wow. I mean, they were here that quick. Wow. Because as soon as I told her to call 911, I was trying to put my clothes on. Mm. And by the time I had my clothes on, they were here. Okay. They were here. So they rushed me to the, they rushed me to the, actually, one of the things they said, they said, there's two hospitals here. There's um, St. Joseph Candler and there's Memorial. They said to me, do you have a preference? We can take you to Memorial or St. Joe. I said, I have no pre preference. Mm. And thank God St. Joe is the closest one. So they took me to St. Joe, which just happens to be kind of like a heart hospital. Oh, okay. okay they kind of specialize in heart conditions. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So they rushed me into the emergency room. Um, from what I saw, I mean, I briefly saw the emergency room doctor. He seemed like a young person, a young doctor, um, maybe a little panicky of my situation. And he thought I was having a heart attack. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So they put me, they put me on, on the bed and I had, I had like about five nurses on me. Two putting two trying to put IV on my arm, one of them holding a bucket because I I kept throwing up phlegm, pink phlegm. So they were trying to stop that. I had another person taking off my clothes. And then I had another I had another nurse who was bringing me paperwork trying to tell me that, hey, you need to sign this right now so we can go operate on you. Wow. Oh my goodness. Wow. And you know, I just thank God that I had the the wisdom to tell them, hey, I can't sign this. You need to go talk to my wife. Mm. Okay. 
And, and the funny thing was when the doctor said, we think you're having a heart attack, so we need to operate on you. In my mind, I said, this can't be a heart attack because mm -hmm. if it was a heart attack, I would know it, wouldn't I? Right, right. So, I, you know, I felt like I would, you know, I felt like I would feel like this is a heart attack. It didn't feel like a heart attack. It just felt like, hey, my heart is racing, racing, racing mm -hmm. at a, you know, 200 beats per minute. Mm -hmm. That's what it felt like. And so, you know, they're doing that, that, you know, there's all this commotion. And then next thing I know, they put that intubation tube down my throat thinking I was passed out and I could feel it going down my throat. Ouch. And I'm trying to tell them I can't breathe. I can't breathe, but it's already in my throat. So there was nothing coming out of my mouth. Mm. And then, you know, I thank God eventually I passed out or, you know, whatever. They put me under real quick. Okay. So what I found out is that you know, when they went to speak to my wife, because they were asking her to sign it, so they were kind of trying to pressure her to sign it. She said to them, no, you're not operating on him until you know exactly what's wrong, what's wrong with him. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. So I thank God for that. Right. Uh, because they could have operated on me for a heart attack and I don't, and I didn't, even, I did not have a heart attack. Right. right. I was having something else. And so eventually they found out that I was, um, I had a kidney failure. I had pneumonia. I think I had collapsed lungs. Wow. Um, there was something else that I had that I can't remember, but they, they ended up diagnosing me with all these things. So what I found out actually is the reason that I was having these plank phlegm issue is because I had a leaky valve. Mm. So the, the cardiomyopathy caused one of my heart valves to leak because it was pushing against it right. so much that it wow. pushed it out of whack. Wow. And so that was causing my heart rate to go up because of the, the when the valve started leaking, over leaking, then it would start, it would cause all this reaction in my heart and it would start pumping. It would start oh, okay. beating really fast. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I was in, I was intubated for about, um, I was, I went in on Friday. I was there, um, Friday, Saturday. I woke up just in time for Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. That's, that's the one thing I remember. So people who know me, they know I'm a sports fanatic. So I, it's, you know, when I went into the hospital, I, I was thinking about the Super Bowl. I didn't want to miss the Super Bowl. I didn't want to miss the Super Bowl. Well, you, you got rested up for it, though. Yeah, like, talk about having your priorities straight, man. Yeah. I went in there, I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to miss the Super Bowl. That's oh, what right. was in my mind. Right. Okay. But I, they put, I came out of intubation. Sunday morning, so I didn't miss the Super Bowl. Now, granted, oh, when I came out of intubation, I was like very, very loopy, right. <laughs> very, very loopy. But I, I think I was, um, I was able to watch the Super Bowl, so I was sane enough to watch the Super Bowl. So that, that was a good thing, you know. Okay. So I, I came out of intubation, and 
you know, when the doctors finally came in to see me, they said, okay, um, you have cardiomyopathy, which I already knew. Right. But then they said, right. but we have a cure. Oh. oh, wow. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, so no, no. I was surprised when they said that because, you know, my doctor in Florida always told me that there was no cure for this right. situation. Yeah. Right, you gotta live with so that. Said, life, right? Yeah, we have a cure. Um, there's there are a couple procedures that we can look into to kind of help you with this situation. Mm -hmm. So, and I, you know, I got excited. So they told me about the ablation. And then they told me about um, the other procedure that I can't remember the name right now, but basically they would have to cut my heart muscle mm. in order in order to make the heart muscle the size that it's supposed to be. Oh, okay. So for just just for explanation, for uh, somebody who has cardiomyopathy or hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, their their muscle wall is swollen. Oh. So it's like twice the size of what it's supposed to be. Wow. And so um, that's why the heart muscle was pushing against okay. the valve, which caused it to leak. And so they said that, hey, we could we could do the we could do the surgery, this that type of surgery where we cut the heart muscle, or we can do this ablation where we short circuit your your heart. And I was like, oh man, are you serious? I was so excited when he said that to me. Mm. And when he said that to me, I knew immediately, I just felt it in my heart that the solution to my situation was the heart surgery. Okay. So I wanted to have the heart surgery right away. Right. However, as I said, I went into the hospital late January, 2020 and mm -hmm. That was about, you know, maybe just a few weeks before COVID just yeah. started exploding yeah. in the U.S. Yep. And so yep. by the time I was strong enough to have surgery, they were not doing elective surgeries anymore. Oh, wow. Okay, so that was off the table. So they decided we, we settled on the ablation. Actually, the, the, here's the reason why we did the ablation. When I was in the hospital, I had another attack. Oh, wow. And this, I was, again, sit, I, I was, I haven't moved. I had not moved from my bed at all since I came to. Um, you know, I hadn't gone to the bathroom. Uh-huh. Um, I hadn't eaten really anything. I was just sitting in bed. But for some reason, that night, I had another attack. Wow. And I have to tell you guys, I really thought that, you know what, this was it. Oh, boy. I mm -hmm. thought it never, it had never occurred to me that I could die before, ever. Mm. But that night, it came to my mind that you know what i don't i might not wake up from this wow that's how bad it was wow and so i um 
<laughs> it's interesting when I when when I went into the hospital and I was in, you know, I was in a coma. I just, you know, in my mind, I just remember thinking about my kids and seeing total darkness, mm. total darkness, and and just thinking about my kids and what I should have done for them or could have done for them. Mm. And just wanted, and, and you know, I just wanted to have one more opportunity. Right. One more, just give me one more opportunity to to do right. Okay. Do right by my kids. And so, when I when I was sitting on the bed and I had that that attack, and I really thought that I was gonna pass away. I had this burning desire to see my children. Again, my daughter had come down already, and mm -hmm. my son come down but they had come you know they had came and then they had left and i wanted to see them again and you know because i really felt like i was gonna go so i you know i kind of gave my wife my will and testimony on the bed because i thought that that i wasn't gonna make it through the night mm. oh, wow. yeah and um wow it, but you know what? I guess thank God for pain because it just kept going the whole night. Right. And I just felt it the whole night. I never went to sleep. Never oh, okay. went to sleep. It just, you know. And, you know, the nurses came in and they tried to do, you know, they tried to, um, I don't know what it is that they tried to do, but they tried to, you know, to slow the pain down. I'm sure they put something in my IV. But again, nothing was working. And then eventually morning came, I was still awake and it slowed down. And then um, that's when they scheduled me and I went to do the procedure. Okay. When I, when I came out of the procedure, man, I felt good. I felt good. My heart rate had stopped. Um, they had actually um, given me blood transfusion. Mm. So, you know, when they give you well, I don't want to say all in all situations, but when they give you blood transfusion, it's kind of like you have new life. Okay. So I was I was feeling strong. I was feeling good. I was like, oh man, this worked for me. You know, mm. I'm cured. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. In wow. my mind, I said, man, I'm cured. I feel really, really, really good. Mm. And so. You know, I think I was in the hospital maybe another week after that, and then um, they discharged me. But at the time, they told me, you know what? Um, so we weren't able to do the surgery, the surgery that you want because of the COVID situation. So, you know, it's going to have to be next year when things calm down. So when I left the hospital, in my mind, I was not thinking about the surgery until 2021. Oh, okay. Okay. Until the summer of 2021, because I had, I already had plans of things that I was planning to do in 2020. And so the only time that I knew that I would have free time would be in 2000, summer of 2021. Got you. And so I went home. Mm -hmm. I was feeling good. One month went by, two months went by. On the third month, I started feeling bad again. Wow. 
So let me put this in perspective. So when I say I was feeling good, I was actually able to walk one block, but that was it. One okay. block. Okay. And so being able to walk one block, I was like, hey, <laughs> I was right? happy because I couldn't walk to the bathroom before. Right. So, right. I, you know, again, the perspective is really messed up. Being able to walk one block and I thought I was cured. <laughs> wow. So I was able to walk one block and then, you know, then, then I couldn't. Mm. All of a sudden, I couldn't. I went back to, I started regressing. Mm. Slowly but surely, I started regressing. And so, you know, I had follow-up appointments with the doctors and I went to see my the, the heart specialist. Mm. And he said to me, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna do a um, echocardiogram again um, to see if we can figure out what's going on with you. And so I went to see him on Tuesday. He said, schedule the echocardiogram, echocardiogram for next Friday. I heard Friday. Okay. So when I left, mm. I called and I said, no, my doctor wants me to do this exam this Friday. Okay. And they said, are you sure it doesn't usually happen that quickly? Right. Uh, are you sure he didn't mean next Friday? I said, no, he meant this Friday. Okay. So sure enough, thank God again, God is like, oh, he's putting, I just feel like God puts things in place for me for this situation. He allowed them to find space for me. Okay. But now, they scheduled now, now me for this, this. This, this was in Atlanta, right? And you, you're living in Savannah? Yeah, this, no, this is in Georgia. I'm in Savannah now, not in okay. Atlanta. I'm okay. in Savannah. Okay. So they um, they found they found uh, opportunity for me to have the exam. I mean, yeah, the exam. And so I went in. But the doctor had warned me. He said, hey, when you come in, just make sure you bring overnight stuff. Because, you know, in case something goes wrong, you might have to stay overnight. Mm. So when I went into the hospital uh, before the exam, the doctor came in. He goes, yeah, I'm surprised you're here. I, I thought we had scheduled the exam for next Friday. Mm. I said, oh, doctor, I thought you meant this Friday. So I insisted. I said, that's mm. good. That's good. No problem. No problem. So I went in and I had the exam. And as soon as I came out, he said, your heart looks so bad mm. that I'm sending you to Atlanta right now. Wow. To go have surgery. Wow. So in my mind, I imagine that if I had waited another week, mm. <laughs> maybe I wouldn't have made it. Right. If I hadn't insisted that maybe I would not have made it. Mm. So that Friday took them about half a day to get everything set up. Mm. I was strapped into an ambulance and then we drove all the way to Atlanta. Mm. Now, there are only a few hospitals that do the surgery. And hopefully by the time we're done with this, I'll remember the name of the surgery. Mm. But there are only a few hospitals that do the surgery. And thank God, Emory in Atlanta was one of those hospitals. Amen. Mm. Amen. And fortunately for me, 
I have my brother, my older brother who lives there, uh, my daughter lives there, and my yeah. sister-in-law lives there. Okay. So if I, if I had to, if I had to stay, uh, if my wife had to stay for a long period of time, she, she would have a place to stay. Mm. So we were grateful for that. Mm. So I get to Atlanta. Um, <laughs> you know, doctors are strange. Um, they asked me what I'm here for. I said, I'm here for my surgery. <laughs> oh, wow. And, and the doctor goes, um, no, we, we're going to run some tests first. Hmm. We're going to, we're going to see, we want to look at you ourselves to see what's really wrong. Right, right, right. 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 Wow. So I went from the excitement that I'm finally going to have the surgery, even though I wasn't planning on it until 2021. Uh -huh. But the opportunity for me to have the surgery actually came at a time when I had time to have the surgery. Right. Got you. So there was no plans. So I had the surgery in June. So late May and June, I had free time. Right. Okay. But all the plans that I had were like towards the end of the year and at the beginning of the year. So I was excited. I'm like, oh, okay. I wasn't going to have the surgery until 2021, like they told me, but now I could have it earlier. Hey, earlier, right earlier. now. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm all excited. I'm like, I'm like high-fiving <laughs> Renee. I'm like, oh yeah, wow. this is going to be done. I'm going to be cured. Mm -hmm. And then to get up there and they're like, uh, no, Why are you here? we're not going to have the surgery. We're going to run our own tests. Wow. So sure enough, they, started running some tests and then they put me on some new medication mm. now i don't know what it is that they put me on but whatever it was it worked okay because you know i my heart was calm no issues mm. i walked around the floor the hospital floor no issues um, so by, for all intents and purposes, the medication that they put me on was working mm. yet they, the, the surgeon was still consulting with them. So they were with the other doctors. So they were going back and forth and they were asking me a lot of questions. So every day they would ask me how I feel. Um, and it didn't feel like they wanted to do the surgery. And I, I guess I can understand because heart surgery is a serious, is a serious, serious. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they were discouraging me from doing the surgery. And, you know, I, I talked with my wife and I talked it over and we decided, okay, well, you know, we could, it's our choice, but they don't look like they want to do the surgery on you. So we better not force their hand right. and make the surgery because it's probably better to have somebody who wants to do surgery on you mm -hmm. than to have somebody who doesn't want to do surgery on you exactly. have surgery on you right mm -hmm. yep so i was there i was in atlanta for in the hospital for a week mm -hmm. i was feeling good they discharged they actually discharged me and when they discharged me, though, they discharged me with this new medication, which costs $700 a month. Oh, this is after insurance. Wow. Okay. 
And then this is where God for again shows his, you know, the way he aligns things. Mm. So we when we when when I knew they were gonna discharge us, we obviously had a choice to either drive back home that same Friday night, Friday, mm-hmm. or we could stay in Atlanta over the weekend and just drive home on Monday. Right. Mm-hmm. So we said, you know what? Let's let's um, order the prescription in Atlanta, and then we'll stay the weekend, and then we'll leave. Okay. And so when we called the when we called the drugstore to order the medicine, they didn't have it. <laughs> they didn't have what? any in stock. Wow. wow. So they said, you know what? Mm-hmm. We're going to. You, if you can wait until Monday, we'll have it on Monday. And we're like, hey, great. Since we're going to leave on Monday anyways, anyway, you know, let's do it. I mean, and, I, and you know, we're like thinking, man, $700 a month after insurance? Mm-hmm. But anyways, we said, we'll, we'll try it for a month and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And so we, you know, I went to my brother's house. I said, my brother, no, I was, I went to my sister-in-law's house Mm. and um, Friday night, all good. Saturday day, all good. Saturday night, I had another episode. Wow. Out of the blue. Wow. And again, I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything. I was just sitting down on the couch. Oh. I was sitting on the couch all day, basically. Mm. And out of the blue, I had another episode. But this time, you know, experience is a good thing. <laughs> right, right, of course. right. This time, mm-hmm. I wasn't messing around with this thing. I said, let's go. <laughs> let's go to the hospital. <laughs> This time you're not you're not you're not you're not, you're waiting. not waiting nah, this nah, thing nah, out. Mm. I was mush, man. I said, I mean, as soon as I felt it, I said, let's go. So, you know, she took me to the she took me to, she drove me to the emergency room. She was able to drive me to the emergency room. Okay. And as soon as I got there. I just, I just thank God. As soon as I got there, they, they didn't even. The first thing they said to me was, "Okay, we're gonna schedule you for surgery." Oh, amen. Wow. Amen. So I, you know, like I was, I was, I said, you know what? This had to happen for these doctors to see that I really needed the surgery, because mm-hmm. they weren't convinced that I needed the surgery. Mm-hmm. They just, you know, they thought that they could um, manage the situation with the new drug programs that they had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just thank God. I said, man, this had to happen. They had to release me and I had to have another episode in order for them to, because they now when I came back to the hospital, they couldn't wait. (laughs) They couldn't wait to have the surgery on me. You know, there wasn't like, there wasn't, oh, maybe this is an accident. Uh, Mm -hmm. Maybe you didn't take your pill. No, they just said, we're going to schedule you to do the surgery. And, you know, I went back in Sunday night. I mean, I went back in Saturday. 
-hmm. By the time they came in Sunday, the doctors came in Sunday morning to see me. I was already scheduled to do the surgery by Tuesday. Oh, wow. Amen. That's how quickly it happened. Yeah. Okay. And I thank God because I didn't have to go get that, that medication I know. for $700 because once I knew, once I knew that I was going to have the surgery, the medication was out of the question. Right. Oh and so the funny thing was, you know, I was still in the hospital, but they were blowing up my phone to come and pick up my medication. <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh right. Uh, you know, and I just kind of looked at the phone like, uh, sorry, this is not happening. This right. is not happening. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I said, I feel, I feel like just, so at that time I was kind of looking how things happened for me. Yeah. You know, how. The journey. Yep. The journey. So how I went in, so how I first went into the hospital. Right. And my wife was there when she'd never been there before. Right. So that's one. when I went into the hospital right before COVID exploded. I was able to go into the hospital. They didn't have to do anything crazy to me, even mm. though they were asking if I had been out of the country recently. Mm. I didn't, you know, I didn't realize that's why they were asking me all those questions. Mm. But they, even though they asked me that, and then for me to get out of the hospital right when COVID was really going bad. Mm -hmm. So you didn't really want to be in the hospital. No, you didn't. Right. When COVID at that time. So mm -hmm. I was able to be released from the hospital at that time. And then when COVID kind of diminished or slowed down in the summer months, mm -hmm. I was able to go back in when they had opened up elective surgery again. Okay. And then they were going to have the elect they were going to have the surgery on me. Okay. So when I was when I was able to, you know, when I was sitting in the hospital and I was reflecting on how how blessed I was yeah. that um, you know that I was actually able to have my surgery because I knew that I would not have been able to last until 2021 right. without the surgery. Right. When I when when the when I started feeling bad in the summer in March in April and May, and I went to see my doctor in, in Savannah, I knew in my mind that there is no way that I could do this until next year, mm. because I mean it. Right. So you know it was it had gone from being something that I was able to handle. Right to something that now I could not handle at all. Right. Excuse me. It was that painful, that wow. difficult, that stressful for me. Wow. And so, you know, I was sitting in the hospital before my, you know, before my surgery and I was just praising God and thanking God. One of the, one of the interesting things when I went into the hospital for me, um, and in, in uh, January, when I came out, you know that song, You're a Good Father? Yeah. That's who you are. That's who, who you, you are. are. Mm -hmm. yep. Man, I had that thing on rotation. Okay. Oh, wow. Right. I had that song on rotation on my phone. Mm. I would go to sleep listening to that song. I would wake up listening to that song because, yep. you know, I could have died. Yep. 
but because he is so merciful, merciful and <laughs> so full of grace. Yeah. He did not allow me to die. Exactly. And his timing too. His timing. Yes. timing. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, I think I probably did everything in my power to die. Mm. Because, I, you know, I wasn't being proactive was, in the beginning. I wasn't being proactive. You know, I wasn't telling the doctors the truth. Mm -hmm. um, I was trying to walk it off. Hmm. instead of hey this is an issue so yeah. i probably did a lot of things to damage myself even more but you know he was merciful and 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 and, and gracious towards me so when i came out man i'm telling you i don't know where how that song came to my mind hmm. but just it just seems so appropriate to me and i just kept singing that song over and over and over and over again and it, it helped me. It strengthened me. Amen. You know, Amen. It strengthened me because it, it, it made, it opened my eyes to the God that I was dealing with. Mm. You know, the, the God that on some level, I, had, I did not want to have a close relationship with. Mm. Oh, wow. yeah. I mean, so when I was when I was a kid, so in Haiti, I don't know if if this is true, but it, it seemed to me at the time that a lot of um, a lot of young people got baptized at an early age. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you know they were eight, ten, twelve. Right. Mm -hmm. I didn't get baptized till I was sixteen. Okay. That's late. Right. In the island. At least where, where I was, that was late. Okay. And, and the reason I got baptized, I don't think it was because I wanted to per se, mm. but I just think that it was presented to me that, hey, you're 16 now. Don't you think you need to, to do this? Peer, peer yeah. pressured, right. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And so... I decided to do that. But what I remember in those days is that, you know, when the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit has a way of convicting you and tugging at your heart, right? When you hear something that is truth and that you know that you need to give your heart to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I would hear that pull, you know, when they would make a call I would hear that pull, mm -hmm. but you know what I would do instead of answering that call, I would get up and I would walk out of the church. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yep. You know, mm -hmm. I would get up and I would walk out of the church because it's, it, it was, it was too, um, too sentimental, too, oh. too true. You know, it was, it was very powerful. So, you know, I don't know if I was afraid, but I just know that this was too much for me. I needed to walk out of the church. Got you. And I did, and I did that for a long, long, mm. long time. 
But you know what? I thank God that he never stops calling you. Right. Never gave up on you. <laughs> he yeah. never gave up on me. Right. Right, right, right. I mean, the amount of times that I walked out of a church when the call was made and I felt that the spirit called me, you know, to come to Jesus, give your heart to Jesus. And that I would just walk out. Um, you know, he could have, he could have given up on, on me, yeah. you know, but that's not God. <laughs> you know, he doesn't give up on his, he doesn't give up on his, on his possessions, his prized possessions. Amen. He's always there with his arms wide open, ready to, ready to receive you whenever you're ready to accept him. Amen. So I thank God for that. And um, so, you know, I'm realizing as I'm sitting in the hospital that I'm having this, um, I guess you would say, uh, life-changing spiritual transformation. Um. Now, granted, I had I had been baptized. Um, I'm very active. I was very active in my church in South Florida, mm -hmm. and so, you know, I'd like to th I'd like to think that in that I was in a place where I needed to be, yeah. right? Right. right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I was. But at the same time, I would always have these thoughts about. You, I would hear about people's experiences mm. with God. And I would always have these thoughts about, man, wouldn't it be great if I had had an experience like that? Wow. You yeah. know, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be great mm. if I had such a, you know, a powerful testimony to explain to people how God worked in my life and how he changed me mm. you know not realizing that i've had those opportunities and i've had those experiences all along wow you know mm. they were there right and i chose to kind of ignore them mm. because of my own stubbornness and my own whatever it is that i wanted to do Right. So I'm sitting in the hospital and, you know, I'm having this, you know, this, I guess, awakening as to wh what I feel was lacking in my spiritual life. Yeah. You right. know? And I'm realizing, you know, I need to, I need to kind of know and understand this Jesus that I claim to love so much. Mm -hmm. I need to kind of know and understand him a little bit better. Wow. So, you know, I have to, you know, I don't know if it's a bad thing for me to admit, but putting, you know, being in the hospital like that and, you know, I, I hate for the fact that something like that had to happen, but maybe that's what had to happen. Right. <laughs> but, you know, this is what had to happen for me to to take to reflect upon my relationship mm. with with the Lord. And I think that at the time, I think that I was going through motions. Okay. You know, habit. Yeah, I've been in the church my whole life, 
So I'm, that's what I do. Right. You know, it's a, it's a norm. It's it became a norm thing for me. It wasn't something that I was invested in per se. Right. You know. I mean, I, I was I was invested in activities, right? Mm -hmm. and, <laughs> I was invested and in activities and events yes. yeah. in programs and mm -hmm. events. Right. You know, making sure everything goes the way it's supposed to be. Right. And making sure everybody has a great uh worship experience and spiritual okay. experience and all of that. Mm -hmm. But you know, my you know, that one-on-one, -on -one, yep. you know, when I'm in the hospital, I'm realizing, you know, this thing is hollow. Mm. You know, there's there's nothing between, there's nothing in the middle of me and God. Wow. You know, there's nothing. There's no line, <laughs> you know, there's no bond. There's nothing. It's just complete emptiness. No. So I'm sitting in the hospital and I'm realizing mm. this and I'm going, I need to do something about this yeah. because I am literally witnessing God mm -hmm. put me in proper situations so that I could be cured. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, I, I tell you, for me, it was a life changing experience. To see where I was and how God maneuvered me, doctors, time, viruses, and allowed, you know, it, it's like it's like God is playing chess, right? Mm. And he's moving the pieces where they need to be right. in order just, just to save me. Yeah. Right? right? Just to save me. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's incredible. When I sit there and I think about it, I'm going, man, what a God, what a mighty God. What an incredible God that I claim to serve. And he's doing all these things just for me, man, just for me. Yeah. And all this time, you yeah. know, I have people, I have people praying for me that I don't even know who they are. Mm. Why? Because you know, they know my father, mm. right. um, um, people that I've had, that I've knew, that I've known when I was growing up in Haiti, they were praying for me, but I, but I didn't know they found out, you know? Right. So people that I didn't even know who knew, who knew about my situation were praying for me. Right. And yeah. when I was in the hospital, I literally felt those prayers with my singing you're a good father they kind of they gave me a strength that i needed because physically i was very weak mm. very very weak very very weak but i felt strengthened by those prayers and by that song because i knew that you know what i serve a god who doesn't want me to die right now? <laughs> right. And you know, he has he has something else that he wants me to accomplish. Amen. He has Amen. he has uh bigger and better things for me that he would like for me to do. Yeah. 
And so, you know, I'm just like, man, what a God. So I'm sorry, I digressed a little bit. No, you're good. So, so, um, so, so uh, basically you had this surgery and, and, um, so how, how is it for you now? How is it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I had the surgery, man, I'm telling you, it's a miracle. It's, it's, it's a miracle. I, I feel, you know, now that the surgery is done and I had the surgery, it's kind of like, I realized what was wrong with me mm. all these years. Mm. Oh, wow. Right? So I was diagnosed in 2010, mm. but I had the, it, you know, I was having problems way before that. Oh, wow. You know? I was having problems way before that, but I always thought that it was because I was out of shape oh, okay. or that I was dehydrated. Mm -hmm. So you jump more, so work out harder. Yeah. So, wow. and, and you know, that's so funny. That's why I was working out so hard that day that I almost passed out. Wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. Because I was like, man, I gotta get in shape. I gotta get in shape. So I'm, right. I'm, I'm, you know, whenever I would feel like that, I was like, I would tell myself, no, you have to keep pushing because you're out of shape. So you need to get, you need to get in shape. Mm -hmm. So you have to work harder. So I kept on pushing myself and pushing myself until eventually I, I almost passed out at the gym. But after the surgery, this is when I realized how, because I'm telling you guys, I cannot even remember the last time I felt the way I feel. Mm -hmm. And when I say feel the way I feel, you know, so one of the things that they encouraged me to do is to walk every day as part of my recovery. Okay. Okay. So I went from not being able to walk from my bed to the bathroom and I can walk five miles now. No problem. Man. Oh my goodness. Wow. Wow. And when I say five miles, no problem, I'm talking about, I'm not even out of breath or anything. Wow. Oh it's just like a normal stroll. Wow. On the park. Mm -hmm. And I cannot remember the last time I was able to do something. walk right. a long distance without feeling like Fatigue. I need to take a break. Wow. Okay. So, Amen. you know, for me to go from that to how I am right now, <laughs> man. I just want to say thank you, Jesus. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, because he, man, he, I just, I'm telling you, he did so much for me. He did so much for me. Amen. And when I think about where I was to where I am now, it's just an incredible, an, an incredible experience for me, you know? Um, so I'm home. Um, I feel like I'm recovered. Um, all the plans that I had that I thought because I was going to have the surgery, I wasn't going to be able to do those plans. Mm -hmm. Nope. They, they're all there. Nothing was out of place. Everything that I had planned, mm -hmm. I was still able to do without any interruption. Amen. Amen. So, you know, I thought I was told anyways, that after the surgery that I would be out for however long. So that was going to go into my, um, into my fall plans, but I got out of the surgery. Um, 
they forced me to walk the day I woke up from my surgery. Mm. Even though I was in pain, I did it. Mm. And every day I got better. I have had no setbacks. I've been able to um, do more than I even thought that I could. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm. So all my plans are still in place. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm back at work. <laughs> right. Wow. You know. I hadn't, I hadn't been working for a long time once I, you know, in 2019, once things started going really bad for me. So um, I've been, I've, I've gone back to work, mm -hmm. um, no issues. You know, God has been, God Amen. has been really good to me, man. Amen. He's been really good to me. Amen. And, you know, I, I praise him every day. And every time I have an opportunity to tell people my, my story about how God just opened doors and moved pieces yes. and allowed me to be in the right place at the right time in order to be cured, you know, I do that. Amen. Do that. Amen. Amen. You know, what, what's amazing is that amazing. God not only um, healed you physically, he healed you spiritually, spiritually too. too. You know, that's, 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 a, that, that's, a, that's, yeah. 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 you know, I thank God for that. And I approach it like, a like a, a like a recovering alcoholic. Mm. Wow. You know, every day is a, um, it's a renewing process for me. Amen. You know, Amen. every day, every day I, um, I want to know my Jesus better. Amen. Mm. You know, I want to know him intimately. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Intimately. Amen. That's what I want. Um, I want to be able to understand the things that are in front of me. Mm. You know, and I think that it's only through my relationship with him mm. that my eyes will be opened. And Amen. I'm searching for that intimacy now every single day. <laughs> right. That's my, that's what I'm doing now every single day. Yeah. Uh, searching for that intimacy. It's a, it's know, a renewal every day. You have to renew. You know, renew, yeah. there's, the, I, I don't remember the exact reference, but I think it's Hebrews 11 verse six, where it says um, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen. Yes. And so I, I want my reward. <laughs> Man. Yeah, I want my reward. So I am I am seeking him diligently. I want my reward, you know, and if you know the ultimate reward for me would be eternal life yeah. and and his second coming to be lifted up yeah. uh to meet him. Um, so I'm seeking him diligently every single day, um, so that I, I can meet him face to face and express to him how grateful I am for his love and his mercy. Amen. 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 Wow. Well, Luther. Story. Yeah. We are, um, yeah, we're, we're drained <laughs> with the, uh, awesome. with the, um, awesome. yeah, this is, this is definitely awesome. I want to 
Thank yeah. you so much again mm. for sharing this powerful testimony. Not, not only how God healed you physically, but yeah. how he healed you spiritually too. Okay. And, um, and yeah, I can and you know, when relate. I, I, yep. another thing that I actually, I wanted, um, definitely wanted to make clear, mm. um, God answers prayers and he's in the miracle making business still to this day. Amen. And you know, I wanted, I want people who prayed for me to know that God answered your prayers. Amen. You know, they prayed for my healing and yep. this is a literal answer to a prayer. Mm. Yeah. I might be a little bit um, arrogant. And when I'm saying that I'm completely healed, but I feel completely healed, Amen. you know? So I, I want, I wanted people to understand that. God still answers prayers and he's still in the miracle making business because my recovery for me yep. is purely a miracle. Purely. Amen. 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 I actually I, have this I actually have this thing, I'm sorry, that I say every morning. Uh -huh. if, it wasn't, if it wasn't for the grace of God, I would be blank. If it mm -hmm. wasn't for the grace of God, I would be blank. So I have like about seven things that I say, if it wasn't for the grace of God, you know, my life would be completely different now. I, pre I probably wouldn't have a life. Right. But because of his grace, I'm able to be speaking with you too right now. Yes. So I thank God for that. Amen. 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 And we thank, we thank God for that too, Luther. Yeah. We do. Yeah. So. So thank you so much again for sharing. Mm. And I know this, this testimony is going to be such a blessing to our those who's going to hear it. It's been such a blessing for us personally. Yep. And to just see the journey God took you on. It, mm. it's, it's just amazing. Mm. Just yes. amazing. So, so thank, thank you. Thank, thank you so much. Yeah. 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 So, all right. So Dawn, you're free to take us home. Mm -hmm. hey. mm. Almighty Father, we thank you so much for this testimony. What a powerful testimony of the way that you allow certain things to happen, certain situations to happen mm -hmm. just to glorify your name. I thank you for Luther's life. I thank you for the fact that he's able to tell this story to show how much you have done for him. Yes. And how much he is trying to seek more to be closer to you. What an amazing story, Lord. And we just thank you every single day for the way that you work in his life, the way that you are with his family, and for all those that hear this testimony, that they'll be able to see, as he said, that you are still working miracles every yep. single day. Amen. So we ask now, God, that you will be encouraged by this, inspired by this, to keep serving you, to keep being close to you, and to keep being constantly vigilant to come closer to you so we can truly be ready to meet you it's our prayer in jesus name amen 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 amen, amen. Yep. so yeah so luther thank you again yeah. thank you again and um we will um we, we will hook up soon man mm. so gotta get you get you back down here in south florida man me you and mozart after, after covid though after covid <laughs> <laughs> So, well, you know, I'm down, I'm there, I'm down there a lot. Okay. 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 I'm down there a lot, but you know, my time is short, so right. I don't get, I don't get to get around as much. But um, and, and your son, your son is still playing basketball. Uh, yeah, he's okay. in, a, he's in 
Jacksonville. He, okay. um, I guess, I mean, he plays in a league, I think. But oh, okay. other than that, it's only, you know, recreationally, I guess, right. I would say. Okay. Yeah, but he still he still loves basketball. Yeah, of course. <laughs> all right, so one of these days we'll all hook up and play a game, man. And you can run with us now, man, because you're yeah. good to go. <laughs> you know, it, uh, don't tell anybody this. I haven't tried to run yet. But oh, okay, okay. No, <laughs> well, you know what? Take it easy, man. Yeah, We're not gonna do that. <laughs> I haven't tried to run yet, but I'm I'm walking just fine. You know. Right, right, right. We'll God we'll is good. God, yeah, God is good. good. All right. Yeah. So thank you again. Thank you again, man. And we'll talk soon. Okay. You're welcome. Talk soon.